Welcome to Simon Says Educate. I'm Simon, your AI host, and I'm here to guide you through the exciting world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. Together with my human co-hosts, we'll explore the latest trends and best practices in education, bringing you a fresh and engaging perspective on what's happening in classrooms and beyond. Each week, we'll dive deep into the issues that matter most to our community, interviewing faculty members, students, and other thought leaders in the field. We'll discuss everything from the newest teaching strategies and classroom technologies, to the challenges and opportunities of online learning, and the impact of education on students' lives and careers. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired and informed as we embark on this educational journey together. Welcome to Simon Says Educate. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Simon Says Educate. This is Ronald Lethko from the Teaching and Learning Center at Clover Park Technical College. Today, we have a special interview with a Mr. Alex Dijon from Los Angeles Harbor College. He is a communications study professor, and he is going to talk to us today about the liquid syllabus. So I found out about Alex when I saw him do a presentation at the Cal OER conference. And uh, I was really impressed by your presentation. And it seemed like a lot of the people in there were also impressed with the presentation. And for the listeners who are not familiar, can you give us a quick overview of you and then also a quick overview of what a liquid syllabus is? Sure. My name is Alex John, and like you said, in that great introduction, I'm a communication studies professor at LA Harbor College. At the Cal OER conference in the summer, I gave a workshop on something called a liquid class. And the workshop was to teach participants how to use Google Sites as a way to design online courses or to create online resource materials for students. And the concept originally came from an OER workshop called A Liquid Syllabus from Michelle uh, Panaski-Brock. And the idea about a liquid syllabus and a liquid class is that we need digital resources to conform to the technologies that they're displayed on. So students who take an online class with their laptop experience the class differently than students who use the class on a cell phone. And that's where the liquid of it comes in. It's with digital tools such as a Google site, the web page will orient itself in a way that's most visually pleasing and usable for users. What my workshop was about, though, was how to use uh, Google Sites because one issue that students have or that faculty have is that some students have trouble like transitioning from high school to college or in dual enrollment courses might not be officially enrolled in their college class in time. So if they take, yeah, and if they take a class, and if they're not enrolled in the class in time for dual enrollments, then a teacher cannot use Canvas or Blackboard or Moodle because the student isn't in the system yet. So having the Google site is a way to have the resources ready that anybody can just go in and use. Ah, okay. So I want to dive deeper into that aspect of it, but I'm. I guess just to clarify it for the the listeners, it seems like you made a distinction between a liquid syllabus and a liquid course. What would be the difference in those? The difference between a liquid syllabus and a liquid site is that a liquid syllabus is meant to humanize your course and to give students a better idea of who you are as a teacher and a person. Um, my liquid site workshop was more about 
teaching faculty, here's how you can use a Google site to understand the basics of course design and to make your course more accessible. So if students, so if anybody who's never taken my class before, they could just literally go to my liquid class on the Google site and they can see, oh, this is how I structure my class. Here are all the assignments, uh, things like that. Yeah. And I got a chance to poke around in your example, and it seemed like there were a couple of modules that were already built out onto the site. I'll need to shoot you over my more completed one because the one I used in the workshop was specifically incomplete. Hmm. So, so for my workshop, I had a Google site that was maybe 20 to 30% done and I shared it with the participants so they can make a copy of it themselves and sort of work along with me on, oh, here's how to edit and design the site as we go through the workshop. But yeah, the one I used for the workshop you were in was a specifically incomplete one as a way to have the participants learn by doing. For when you use it in your actual class, you have the full course like mapped out on a Google site? Yes. Oh, okay. And th does your college, because our college uses Canvas, does your college use an LMS like that? Yeah, we use uh, Canvas also, because in the state of California, um, I think Canvas is the one that the California community colleges voted on. So yeah, we do use Canvas. So my Google site is nearly identical to my Canvas site. But the reason why I have a Google site is I don't know about for you, but for my college, we teach dual enrollment. So we offer college courses to high school students and to middle school students. Yeah, um, we, we have something called Running Start up here in Washington. Yeah. But one of the problems we face, though, is that the administrative task of enrolling students from, from high schools into the college sometimes might take a while. I one time had to teach a dual enrollment course, and my students were, were not officially enrolled until two months into the semester. In a four-month semester, they were not enrolled until halfway through. Oh my God. Okay, yeah, so so it opens up accessibility for people that might not be able to just jump right in. And I, like, for example, in Washington, we offer kind of a tuition waiver program for the faculty that if you're working anywhere on the college, then you get like a huge discount on taking classes. So I've been taking some classes to kind of improve some of my skills and I'm not allowed to even register for the class until two days after the class has already started. So I've also heard stories from other students where, like you said, they're, they're not able to get in there and, you know, maybe they're not even able to figure out Canvas until a couple of weeks into the course. So I like the idea of having this front-facing website where anybody can go in and check out the course. Let's move on to the next question here. So in your opinion, what are the standout benefits of using a liquid syllabus compared to a traditional one? So with a liquid syllabus, the benefit is students, they get a better understanding of what they can expect from you, the instructor. Traditional syllabi are conceptually, they're just contracts that students and faculty have to abide by. So one of the issues about traditional syllabi that college professors have to use in their classes is that that's a contract. So there is specific language and content that we have to put, and it has to be put there um, in a specifically written way. And traditional syllabi tend to be like, have too much legalese or are not really written for students to get a good idea 
traditional syllabi can sometimes be seen as, oh, this is a contract that no student or no person is going to read. A liquid syllabus is meant to be something written to give students a more clear understanding and to really help them get better expectations. So students will not read my regular syllabus unless I walk them through it and talk them through it. But with a liquid syllabus, something that's on a Google site and that talks about me and my teaching philosophy, that lets students know who maybe looked me up on Rate My Professor or who looked me up on a college catalog, like, oh, this is what he's like. Mm-hmm. This is what his class is like. And it gives students a more holistic understanding versus, uh, oh, here's my late work policy. Here are specific due, due dates and everything. You're right. It's, it's a little bit more welcoming for the students and I feel like it would establish better rapport between the professor and the student. Yeah. You're, you're like, you know, opening up a little bit more about yourself. So I'm, I'm curious, how have students responded to this approach? Do you find that they're more engaged or connected with the course material? You said that they're more interested in, you know, they're not interested in reading the traditional syllabus, but like, how does it play out during the course? So usually the liquid syllabus is more effective. And I would say when students read my liquid syllabus, they're less likely to drop the class because they see and they get a better idea. So it's like, oh, okay. So students read the liquid syllabus and they go, hey, I can do this because the teacher gave a good idea of what to expect versus my traditional syllabus is like 12 pages long because like eight or nine of the pages have to be things I have to keep in there. Uh, And overall, it's having a liquid syllabus from just a retention standpoint. So from like a sort of administrative viewpoint has been really useful because I've had less students dropping my class. Yeah. But as it also relates to the effectiveness of how my students succeed in my class, is that they're more willing to ask me questions. Ever since I started using the liquid syllabus, I get more messages from my students. I get students replying to one another more often on discussion boards. They're more willing to want to ask me things. So overall, the liquid syllabus is useful, uh, not only in terms of retention rates, but also success rates, and ultimately creating a better educational experience for the student. Oh, I like that creating a better educational experience. Yeah, I think retention rates out the gate, I feel like they maybe they get more interested than traditional, you know, going, oh, these are the rules of the class, don't be late, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. See, I feel like it's more uh, interactive as well. Actually, that leads into the next question. So during your course, do you involve your students at all in shaping or contributing to your liquid course? As part of my teaching philosophy, is I do believe students should have an agency in the direction of the course. So one thing that I do have them do is I do give extra credit because I want students to be able to have extra opportunities to apply their skills or to master content knowledge. So in terms of how to get students more involved with the design and redesign is I have given students extra credit if they make their own version of it because I want them to learn digital literacy as well. I tell them, hey, imagine if this is your class, like what would your teaching philosophy be? Um, What do you think the most important things students should know uh, about you, things like that? So the way I've implemented this in my class is I've used it as a tool to help students earn extra credit by having them do their own critical thinking and original writing, but also to build their digital literacy because Google Sites as just a digital tool is really important. Web design is a really important thing. 
and how we show information, like even on a web page, has a difference in what how people perceive stuff. Yeah, uh, I remember I, I used to work at Disneyland and I was part of their Disney college program. One of their classes was called Marketing You. And I just remember like what, what you were talking about, where it's like you have to present yourself in a certain way that makes people become interested in you and maybe see the value that you bring to whatever organization. Yeah. And also I think because one of the skills I teach is like interviewing and, you know, how do you market yourself? Just like the Disneyland's character college about marketing you. It's about also teaching students how understanding the perceptions on how they perceive themselves and how they want other people to perceive them. Yeah, I think that's big. I think faculty also need that too, because at the meta level, it's just about getting faculty to just be more open to making more accessible content. Right. Yeah. So I think just with that, it's about creating a system that encourages openness and sharing and collaboration. Yeah. I love that. It goes right along with inclusivity and trying to make sure that everyone feels like they have a seat at the table. So we've talked a lot of good things about it. Now, just to kind of steer the conversation a different direction, were there any hurdles or challenges that you faced when you were first implementing the liquid syllabus? And then if you did have some problems, how did you overcome them? Oh yeah. So the first problem is probably just the learning curve. <laughs> just like any skill set, it's really difficult the first time around. So without really having a mentor program to be part of or anything, it's when you want to institute certain ideas into your class, it's, oh, how well can I execute it? Aside from the extra front-end work of creating a liquid syllabus, be having to sit down and think about, hey, what kind of teacher am I? Do I want students to know that I'm a first-generation student, that I, like, I'm the, that I am the son of immigrants, that I also went to community college, then to a Cal State University? What aspects of myself do I want to share? So that was the first part. But then the other hurdle was just putting in the extra work to create the site because you as an instructor know, aside from having to lecture and grade and be in charge of adding and dropping students and turning in final grades and making a liquid syllabus, I think it, it was just one more thing that wasn't necessary that people said, oh, you should do this because it'll be good for students. But then it's, I don't want to spend another two to three hours having to create something yeah. If I don't know if students are going to use it or reference it. Yeah. But you can attest that the students do actually use it and they do prefer it to maybe the traditional way that you would start a class, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even in my student evaluations, my liquid syllabus and my Canvas site is, and a lot of faculty don't, I think a lot of faculty don't know this. Uh, have you ever heard of the redirect tool? I know what redirect tools can do, but... Enlighten okay. me on the, the Canvas redirect tool. Okay, so there is a specific tool in Canvas called the redirect tool. And what it lets you do is, you know your you know your core navigation menu? You know how you normally like can only add like add certain things from the list of what your college has available? Yes, I know that. Um, so, so what the redirect tool lets you do is, it lets you create your own sort of item in the course navigation menu. Oh, yeah. So I, if you want to, that. oh, okay, then yeah. So in the same way, like if you want your students to go to a, a page that you made about, about just certain resources, or if you want to have your liquid syllabus 
in your course navigation menu so students always know like, oh, hey, if they want to learn about you, they just click on like my About Alex Google site. And my students in my class have put in their student evaluations, oh, I, I was the only teacher to actually have a web page about myself. Uh, so students can like, so students could just could know who I am. That specific thing start with them. Yes. Yeah. At a larger thing, that, that's more about like, how do you use di different digital tools? So that redirect tool is something specific to Canvas. And if you're on like, I'll, I'll email you the directions. Okay. You have to go to settings. Yeah, you have to go to settings. But yeah, even that little thing, just the fact that students can go somewhere to read something about me or that if they had a friend in another class or a friend from high school, friend outside, like, hey, I'm taking this dude's class, check out the thing he wrote about himself. So you might want to take him. That that encourages people to learn more about their instructors. There we go. All right, let's go for our last question here. So for in educators that are intrigued by this concept of the liquid syllabus and looking to give it a try, what advice or starting point would you recommend? Ooh, okay. I'd actually have, like, I think maybe five pieces of advice because I think a liquid syllabus, and again, it's up to the, like, the teacher what they want to put. I think part of it is to have an understanding of what is your teaching philosophy? What has been your educational journey? Being able to understand what challenges you've had to overcome and why you became a teacher and what fixes to the problems in education you wanted to fix. And also, what's your approach to encouraging students? Because at least for myself, with my liquid syllabus, it's not only letting students know about me, it's also letting them know, here's how they can be more successful in the class that I make for them. So for people just starting out, I think it's good that teachers are introspective and they know they can recall and share what's their educational journey been, what type of teacher they are, why do they structure their class a certain way, and what are tips students can have to be successful? So a little bit of like self-reflection before going into it and... Because, yeah, that kind of stuff is not usually what you would think a syllabus is for, right? Your syllabus is to outline the rules of your class, right? But, yeah. you know, adding in that personal touch is is maybe something that faculty don't really think about that they want to share with their students. That maybe if they do, they could increase student retention. Yeah. So the advice also comes from the idea of some people who are teachers have an incorrect perception in that they think they need students to see them as teachers first and then a person second and when it should be the other way around i think students will enjoy classes better when they recognize that their teachers are people and they know that first and that they have an understanding of why the teacher as a person makes certain choices or beliefs it sounds like you're echoing i just did another interview with one of our faculty about inclusive syllabus and it's the kind of the same thing where you humanize yourself and, you know, let the let the students know that you're in it together, right? Your job is only to help them succeed. And so, yeah, it sounds like something that you can do with the liquid syllabus. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And before we end our interview, I want to do a quick round of Simon Says, check it out with Alex and ask Alex if he has anything that he would recommend that we check out. Oh, absolutely. Check out. Reservation Dogs. It is a great show. I think you can watch it on Hulu or FX. A colleague of mine introduced it to me, and it is going to be what I binge this weekend. 
what's it about just to kind of uh, dip the toes for people who, who might be interested in, in something okay. this weekend? Okay. Since I've not watched the whole thing, let me give you a sort of as best I can explanation of it. It's one of those like badly explained movies. So the show Reservation Dogs is about a group of, I guess, misfit young Native Americans living in the Midwest, trying to figure out their identity and the world they live in while being aware of the social inequities put upon them and how they navigate through 21st century life. Oh, uh, a much needed perspective. I feel like, you know, that, that story is not told that often in our culture. Yes. I've not gotten through the end of episode one because one of my coworkers started showing me one episode today. And my first thought was like, damn, I guess I'm not doing anything this weekend because I'm going to spend the next, I don't know how many seasons there are. I'm going to spend like the next like 12 to 20 hours just like watching, just binging Hulu. All right. Well, oddly enough, my prepared check it out is also another TV show to watch. And it's a little bit different genre and, and focus, but I don't know if you have kids, but maybe some of the listeners out there have kids. And especially if you have young kids, there's a show on Disney Plus called Young Jedi Adventures. If I had this show when I was young, I would be obsessed. It's basically like three young little Jedi Padawans that are like the animation is like on point. They look so cute. And every episode has like some, you know, moral of the story. Like they try to do something and they learn some sort of lesson throughout the episode that even though it's taking place in a galaxy far, far away, it's still applicable, you know, like how to treat other people or uh, what to do when you're frustrated or, you know, how to get motivated to complete a task. So I know, you know, if you, if you don't have kids, it might be weird, but I don't know. I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a, you know, Star Wars nut myself, so I'm, I'll probably enjoy anything Star Wars, but especially if you have kids, add that. It's on Disney Plus, Young Jedi Adventures. I'm going to watch it anyway, no matter what. <laughs> and they're short episodes. So, I mean, like if you, uh, it, you know, if you watch one and, and, and it's, you know, close your boat, then uh, I think they have a bunch of them to watch. So, all right, let's uh, let's end it on that. That was a nice conversation today with Alex. I want to, first of all, thank you for taking the time to come on here and talk about the liquid syllabus. Great. Thanks for having me. And that wraps up another insightful episode of Simon Says Educate. Thank you for joining us today as we delved into the fascinating world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation and gained valuable insights to inspire your own educational journey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Remember to join us again next week as we continue to explore innovative strategies and share inspiring stories from the CPTC community. Until then, I'm Simon, your AI host, reminding you to never stop learning and growing. Take care, and see you next time on Simon Says Educate.